0: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, now it's time to look back at some of the weekend sport, and a busy weekend it was with uh, Ronnie O'Sullivan claiming his eighth Masters title after beating Ali Carter. Uh, Munster took a surprise victory over in Toulon, and uh, certainly a very busy January in sport. Catherine McNamee from All the Ball joins me now. Hey, morning, Kathleen. Morning, Bob. Ronnie O'Sullivan uh, making history yet again.
1: Yeah, making history yet again and using the opportunity to give off about the younger generations coming up through the mm-hmm. ranks and they'll, they'll never be as good as him and he'll have to play into his old age to keep the sport going. Uh, remarkable comeback from him last night. He was 6-3 down and he came back to beat Ali Carter ten seven, as you say, to get that record extending eighth Masters title at Ali Pali. He's some character. I'm not sure if you've watched his Netflix documentary. Not yet, no. It isn't intend Netflix. to. Um, but it's very, very good. And it just gives such an interesting insight into his mentality and how he's kept going through what has been like a difficult enough life for him at times. Um, so yeah, he looked delighted with himself last night. He had his kids. His son looks so like him. It's actually <laughs> quite scary when you think of like 17-year-old Ronnie O'Sullivan bursting onto the scene. Um, but yeah, great a tournament from him once again.
0: Now, um, another disappointment, I suppose, for Rory McIlroy, because he had a brilliant start on day one. uh, And then on day two, he had a quadruple bogey and he was kind of struggling to recover from that because Fleet was, was on song.
1: Yeah, he was Rory McIlroy. Um, he said he was undone by sloppy mistakes himself, um, and to let Tommy Fleetwood back into it so that he won. And that I mean, like, it's kind of interesting when you look at McIlroy's comments on how he played, because on one side he's saying, for you know, first tournament of the season, he's happy enough, but also that he knows himself the mistakes that he made that he was able to lose in the end. So. It, it's a difficult one for him but I suppose it's a good start to the year to be that close even in the opening tournament
0: um, Moving on to the rugby and uh, Monster provided us with a treat
1: Oh, what a game. I don't think I left my couch between 1 o'clock and 10 o'clock on Saturday just watching rugby. It was so good. Uh, They beat Toulon 29-18. Some real standout performances in that, which is good timing for Ireland with Andy Farrell announcing his squad on Wednesday. This really was a do or die match. I was listening to, you know, Brian O'Driscoll talk about it on the TV just before the match started. And he was like, "Monster in Europe, you can never count them out. And they will have enjoyed the fact over the last couple of days that everyone has said, we don't know if they're going to be able to get this game. And instead, they put on an absolute masterclass. I mean, they went down fairly early on and you thought maybe it was going to slip away from them once again. But they just kept hammering Toulon and mm-hmm. what was one of their great victories.
0: And I mean, the standout performances, uh, Simon Zebo uh, drawing attention to himself for a possible role in the Six Nations. Calvin Nash, absolutely brilliant. And Crowley, um, is he heir apparent to Johnny Sexton?
1: Yeah, definitely. It seems to be. And I think considering all the injuries that Munster have had over the last couple of weeks, the fact that those players are standing out in the county as well was really, really good for them. Absolute revelation. Uh, They're going to be delighted that those players are stepping up, especially the younger ones, because they're been very reliant on them this season.
0: Now, uh, Connacht winning away, uh, or sorry, uh, Munster winning away, Connacht losing to uh, Lyon, Ulster losing to uh, Toulouse, 48-24. And then the visitors to Dublin were Stade Francais and Leinster not really firing uh, on all cylinders, but they, they made little... Of Stans efforts,
1: Yeah, the Lancer game, after going from the heights of watching Toulon and Munster, which was like really competitive, the Lancer game was a little bit of a letdown. Great seeing the likes of James Lowe back on the pitch. Um, obviously, after the World Cup, one of those players that had a bit of an injury and was kind of taking a bit of time. Um, but they absolutely hadn't reached Stad Francais, which even like Stad Francais didn't even put out their first team, which is a bit of a shame, you have to say, for like a big Aviva game like that. Connacht just were not at the races whatsoever. I mean, missing Mack Hansen, missing Bundy like these are the sort of players that they really, really need playing for them at this stage, even though they don't have that much to play for anymore. And then, yeah, Toulouse, I mean, Anton Dupont, it's so sad that we're not going to see him in the Six Nations, Mm. because obviously he's going to the Olympics with the Sevens team, but he just put on an absolute masterclass, great photo on Sportsfile of him just being a blur, running past the Ulster Mm. defence, but yeah, lots of questions to be asked about Dan McFarland and Ulster, because again, they have a great squad, they should really be doing better in these sort of performances.
0: Now, uh, just uh, one uh, thing that probably passed most people by over the weekend. Shane Healy, he's a veteran athlete, uh, uh, 55 plus. He broke another record. A few weeks ago, he broke the 3,000 metres for the over 55s. He broke it once and then it turned out the course was short. So a couple of weeks later, he breaks it properly. And now he's broken the 800 metres indoors in a record time. I mean, I know Shane have been following his career ever since he was an Olympian who got to a semi-final, um, having... You know, started training in plimsolls rather than proper shoes. Mm. I mean, he's an extraordinary man. Isn't and he's a pal, by the way, of Ronnie O'Sullivan.
1: Oh, really? There <laughs> yes. you go. Good weekend for the two of them. So that's, a, yeah, no, that's an incredible record. Mm. And it's a real golden age, it feels like, at the moment for Irish athletics. And it just goes to show it's not just the young up-and-coming ones that are doing it. It's also the ones who have been around for a while who mm. were able to, you know, keep impressing us with records like this.
0: Now, let's talk uh, soccer. And uh, one wondered what would happen when Spurs came to old. Trafford and uh, it looked like they were in for a drubbing with an early goal from United from Hoyland
1: Yeah, well quite proud of myself, I predicted this one correctly on Friday on Off the Ball but um, I just found, I feel like with United and Tottenham, both of them are so inconsistent but they're also kind of inclined to get a goal or two that a 2-2 draw seemed like the most likely outcome um, United fans would be very happy to see Hoyland and Rashford on the score sheet Keane was getting annoyed at the fact that Marcus Rashford celebrated his goal afterwards and you're kind of like oh, come on Like, there's so few opportunities for United players and fans to be and happy particularly
0: Rashford I mean having had a, a very good season last season and then uh, a drought,
1: yeah, a definite drought this season. So, um, yeah, two good goals for them. I, Tottenham fans as well, will be very happy to see Richarlison getting on the score sheet. Richarlison, one of those players who always had a lot of potential, but he's just really struggled to kind of get that consistency of form. We saw it at Everton, he's come a bit better under Ange at Tottenham, but um, yeah, an interesting result. I think it. Suits both teams, to be honest. I don't think mm. either of them really deserved to take the full points in this case, um, and I think I think they'll both be disappointed though, because I feel like they probably think
0: there were points there to be taken. Mm. Uh, now, when you look at Everton's woes, it looks like they're they possibly could be compounded after that nil all draw over the weekend gets them a point, uh, given that they were docked ten points. There Could be more ducking,
1: yeah. David Ornstein had this story last night, and it was kind of expected. There had been rumors of it happening that Everton and Nottingham Forest are going to be found guilty this morning of more financial fair play breaches, um, which is disappointing. And a lot of people are kind of questioning the fact that you know Everton have been done twice now this season, and the fact that Manchester City are still you know waiting on the results of their 115 charges. But I think the difference in the timeline here is that. Everton don't have as many charges, so it's quite it's easier for them to go through them quicker. And also the fact they need to make sure the case against Manchester City is totally sewn up because the difference of going up against Everton, a club who has struggled for money and different things over the years, compared to going up against a state-run club, you know, it's going to be a very very different situation. So I think that's why if people are confused why Everton are getting hit by this, mm. but. It's disappointing to see teams like Everson and Nottingham Forest, you know, getting the brunt of this when in reality it definitely should be the likes of Manchester City and the vast sums of money they've spent.
0: Um, This is an interesting comment. I've been a Man United fan for over 50 years. What annoys me most about watching them and other teams on UK TV are the former Man United players who were pundits and co-commentators.
1: I wonder who that's talking about. Yeah. yeah. It seemed, well Sky in particular have obviously very much leaned into it with the Carragher, Gary Neville stuff. Sometimes they become a bit of parodies of themselves I think. Gary Neville I always thought was quite good as a commentator when he first started out but over the last couple of months and years I just sometimes feel like he goes a bit puppety.
0: <laughs> anyway, he wears his heart on his sleeve. There's yeah, no question that, about no, that. No, he, he's definitely As passionate. Does yeah. All right, Kathleen McMee, a digital producer with Off the Ball and co host of the Coykeep podcast. Kathleen, thank you very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on Newstalk